This is the Raider Cotton Nation podcast with your host, Alpha Mike, and our roster of co-hosts, we patrol America's law enforcement beat. We invite you today on a ride-along. Now, here's your weekly briefing on Raider Cop Nation. Episode number 61. I'm your host, Alpha Mike, Raider Cop Nation. Today's episode is election results, sheriff wins. What are we specifically looking at? Well, the election that impacted Florida, Amendment 10 in Florida, and how that impacts Miami-Dade County specifically. Now, there's a lot to talk about. This episode is not going to be as long as it or the other ones because you can only beat a dead horse with politics so much. But we will get to the root of the matter. Before we get to that, I do want to say uh, our podcast numbers are steadily going up. It it is remarkable the type of uh, downloads that we received in our episode Training in Firearms, which is uh, three episodes that was dedicated to that series. And if you want to look at those three series, they will be posted in the show notes as well as 09TG.com, 09TG.com, which is uh, the tactical training group that we have. So, you know, a lot of kudos go out to my uh, special guest, Pistol Pete, Kilo Sierra, Mike Sierra, that contributed greatly to that series. we got a lot more coming. It's not it's just not that one. We've got trainer versus subject matter expert coming up in December and in January, who, what, when, where, why, which is a six-part series on carrying concealment. Very important. Do's and don'ts. So we are going to hash that and take that apart as well. So how do you get in contact with us? RaiderCopNation.com. It's that simple. We are on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. The list goes on. Google Play. So you can find us. And uh, also, we are doing very well with our a conversation section, which we used to have here on the Raider Cop Nation. Now it's test everything. And that is specifically the word of God. So you're not going to see that here. You're going to see that on test everything, which is a small little podcast. It's only a five minute word, powerful segment on the power of God, how he can uplift you, motivate you, encourage you. And of course, save you if you're not a believer. So test everything. I've done a lot of podcasts on test everything. Really enjoy it. It's uh, no excuse for me now. I got to read text of, of biblical test and and basically broadcast a five-minute show. And uh, it's challenging. That's what I'll say. But it's done with the inspiration of God and the love of my heart. 
the election results are in, and we need to look at all that, especially how it impacts Miami-Dade County with regards to law enforcement. But now we're going to take a little pause. We're going to take a little coffee break, and we're going to go over to the water cooler and the coffee machine as I drink my coffee. And we're going to discuss the Florida elections briefly. Now, at the time that I am broadcasting this, Florida is doing an electronic count and the tabulation is being formulated to what the hopefully last numbers are. Now, I'm not going to sit here and talk about the election results and things that have happened because it is what it is. If anybody out there, I do have to say this, and I say it with all respect, if anybody out there agrees with the sinister behavior that is being witnessed by not only Floridians, but our nation, and in some cases the world, I would encourage you to seek medical attention immediately because you are delirious. Finding ballots in trunks of rental cars, in closets in schools, private citizens transporting ballots in their personal vehicles after polling stations are closed, unsupervised, and blah, blah, blah. There was always, there was also, and this is not very much mentioned by the media, but there was a motion by Democratic lawyers on a, a vote, a specific vote that was casted by an illegal alien and how they wanted to allow it. And now there's denials that that ever happened, and which is amazing to me. There's court transcripts. These things actually occurred inside a courtroom. How you can come out with a straight face and say it didn't happen. God, is there any fear of the Lord? Is there any? It's just, it's remarkable to me. Of course, that attorney that did that motion is no longer on the Democratic legal team. He has been excused from his services any longer, which is more proof that it actually occurred. It is disturbing what is occurring, but I know that whomever the winner or whatever the outcome, it is the desire of God to have those individuals in power. And how do I know so? Because the scripture says that God establishes all governance. That is in Romans chapter 13. So, we can do better, folks. We can do better. I think some of the mistakes that were done here by the evildoers, and we'll leave them to your own interpretation who they are, that Florida went through this in the year 2000. And their lawyers and their watchful eye system is a lot more sophisticated than what people thought it was. And you will see the end result to what I'm talking about in the near future. They thought that they could pull the wool over people's eyes with old tricks. 
but my friends, it won't work. All right, let's get down to the subject matter because we are burning time. Miami-Dade County now has to have an elected sheriff. The sheriff currently is called, and it's his title or her title. We've only had a his. We've never had a her. Is director. So that director of the sheriff's office is actually the director of Miami-Dade Police Department, which is appointed by the mayor of Miami-Dade and confirmed by the commissioners of Miami-Dade County. Why is this important? Well, it is a system that was opposite of the rest of the state. 67 counties in Florida, 66 have a sheriff. One did not, and that was Miami-Dade County. That wasn't always, that was not always the rule. There were other counties like Jacksonville that also did not have a sheriff a while back, and they conformed to that standard. Amendment 10 is what was on the ballot this November 6th that had to pass with 60% of the vote of all Florida, and it passed. But what was surprising to me that I've noticed a lot of individuals on Facebook totally perplexed by this, like if it snuck up and bit them in the ankle, they don't really understand how this occurred, what happens next. It's like a fog. And so if you don't know your history, I'm a firm believer you just don't understand what direction you're going in. So we are going to try to close a little bit of that gap. Misinformation out there by the tons. I see that also posted by people on Facebook. The world, chicken little, the world's coming to an end. We're getting an elected sheriff. And how easily they can compare apples and oranges without having the orange. Let me repeat that. How easy they can Compare apples and oranges without having the orange. Everybody's a subject matter expert. But I think in order to do a fair analysis, you need to understand the sheriff's system in Florida and how it works and how other counties in Florida have a sheriff's department and it works. And that also includes Broward County, folks. So let's take a look at the amendment and how that amendment process works, who motioned for that amendment to happen, and why all the citizens in Florida had to be a part of the voting process. Now, the amendment in Florida's election is Amendment 10, specifically what we're talking about. It dealt with an overview of issues. And I'm going to read a moment what the ballot summary is actually. And it says, uh, required legislation to retain departments of veteran affairs. That was one of the things on Amendment 10. Uh, Florida, by executive order, had in a veterans affairs section or, or department and uh, this ballot placed Veterans Affairs now in the Constitution of Florida, ensuring elections of sheriffs, property appraisers, supervisors of election, 
tax collectors and clerk of courts. In all counties, removing county charters' ability to abolish, change terms, transfer duties, or eliminate election of these officers. Changes annual legislation session commencement dates and even number years from March to January removes legislation authority to fix uh, another date. Creates Office of Domestic Security and counterterrorism within the Department of Law Enforcement. Now, the reason the the last action was there, there is no constitutional provision to have a section within the Florida Department of Law Enforcement to do counterterrorism. So they threw that in there. Now, this specific bill is really, I don't want to say sponsored, but endorsed by the Florida Sheriff's Association. And for a lot of reasons, one, it brings uniformity, and two, the issue with the counterterrorism included in the Constitution. We have to keep our eye on the ball. But what primarily this podcast is about is the section of sheriff. Out of all the counties in Florida, Miami-Dade did not have a constitutional officer that the voters voted on as called a sheriff, but it had an appointed director of Miami-Dade, appointed, as I said, by the mayor of Miami-Dade County and approved by the County Board of Commissioners. The badges all read deputy sheriff. The IDs talked about the dep- uh, the sheriff's uh, appointees, duties, responsibilities, and authority. But there was no sheriff anywhere to be found. Now, a lot of this, we have to look at how Miami-Dade got in this position in the first place. And in 1957, 56, around there, there was a movement to have a home rule charter. That's what it's called in Miami-Dade. And it would it kind of charted how Miami-Dade legislation uh, process would work and govern itself separate and apart from the Constitution, but included, of course, in Florida's Constitution. Very unique system. The voters of Florida in 1957 actually approved for this move. Not specifically for Miami-Dade. There was other... Uh, verbiage that uh, included other counties as well. Since 1957 to the present, it has caused a lot of confusion to people because you don't have sound constitutional officers. You're kind of twisting and turning names and you're appointing people that are beneficial to the politicians in office. It also, in in that term, uh, 1950s, was strictly uh, advocated for and sponsored by the syndicate. That's right, the syndicate, which the syndicate, a criminal organization, which uh, members as Meyer Lansky, they were eager to have a chartered system in Miami-Dade, because it pushed the corruption level to the levels that they wanted. 
they always had an aspiration to have illegal gambling or legalized gambling, better said, in Miami-Dade. So separating yourself, as to say, from the Florida Constitution helped in that endeavor. Although legalized gambling was never approved, that was the premise of the syndicate to finance some of the home rule charter provisions with money and and uh, community support, we'll say. So how did this now get on the ballot? You know, I told you how the home rule charter basically allowed Miami-Dade not to have a sheriff, and we go through all these years without one. The system, did it work good? Yes. Was it corrupt-free? Well, I'll just say nobody was ever arrested. We'll leave that as, we'll let that lie right there and emanate, just simmer there on top of the table. Now, with this new system, and new because it will be new to basically anybody in law enforcement, uh, with the exception of uh, Leo Thalassides, which is the oldest police officer in the United States, be, uh, because it, this will have been prior to 1957, not having a sheriff. Now, it was in the actually the 60s when it went from the Miami, oh, well, actually it wasn't Miami, excuse me, it was the Dade County Sheriff's Office, and then it turned into the Miami-Dade or the Metropolitan Dade Public Safety Department. So there's a lot of, I'm not going to get into specificalities of dates and times and all that, but there was a lot of things that were done. And one of the things that were done in 1970 was the removal of the jail system from the duties of the Public Safety Department of Dade County, creating the Metropolitan Correctional Department. So they separated that from the duties of police. Two separate entities, same badge. Badging reflecting deputy sheriff. IDs talking about duties, responsibility, and authority of sheriff. See? Kind of confusing, isn't it? Well, welcome to Florida. Now, we run these systems very effectively, supposedly, for a long, long time. But there's a lot of manipulation in this type of government that could be used by the politicians. Oversight is that of the politician and not necessarily of the state. Funding is manipulated. Do's and don'ts are manipulated. And uh, what grows, what doesn't grow, what gets attention and what does get attention is always up to manipulation as well. Really free from any political involvement other than the persons in charge of the county that are slowly moving the chips behind the curtain. This new system, and I say new because it'll be new to Miami-Dade, it is an elected official. It is a constitutional officer that now is subject to the, the populace through election. Now, 
want to take a small pause again as as we're covering the background of everything. And I want to point to a recent article from the Miami Herald uh, dated November 8th. And uh, it is by Douglas Hanks and Charles Rabin. And they gave, here's the headline, folks, so you can get the, the left spin on the article. After a stored history of bad sheriffs, Miami-Dade voters will elect them again. Now, they go into prehistoric time here. They go into 1950s. They go into sheriffs that were corrupt. Uh, they go into a system that, quite frankly, they forgot to mention in their article did not exist in their time frame, but does exist today. What am I talking about? The tremendous amount of overview. Back then, you did not have a Florida Department of Law Enforcement. And anybody that's a law enforcement officer in Florida knows that they are the governing body. You did not have a commission in Tallahassee to oversee law enforcement duties. You had the old West mentality. So, of course, these corrupt systems were in place back then, as the Herald stated. But our authors, being deprived of police knowledge, experience, and lived experiences, failed to publicize that today there is forfeiture of your pension, there is a harsher and stiffer penalty for a law enforcement officer that commits a crime, and finding corrupt sheriffs is not that difficult. In fact, if you Google, you know, if you Google, it has to be official. Sheriffs uh, arrested or any combination thereof by uh, Florida Department of Law Enforcement, you will find some. And one of the agents in charge of that investigation is a, was a friend of mine. I've lost contact with him since. But he was a special agent in charge of the Tampa region for the Florida Department of Law Enforcement. And he was also what you might call an integrity investigator, which was appointed by the governor of Florida to investigate constitutional officers. Like, sort of like what the supervisor of elections is soon going to have on top of her. But the sheriffs that were arrested by this body was because they were uh, buying and purchasing certain equipment with a cash benefit in their pocket, and boom, uh, they were getting arrested. One purchased a whole bunch of cars in another state as police vehicles transferred them to Florida, and, of course, there were some underhanded, uh, something uh, I can't remember the actual specifics. I'll try to look for it and post it on the show notes. Brother-in-law or something that was actually uh, buying or purchasing the vehicles. And uh, money talks, and it talked volumes to the Florida Department of Law Enforcement. And the sheriff was taken into custody, arrested, removed of his constitutional duties. So here we have the Herald basically write some article 
to let the readers know in Miami-Dade that the evil, ugly, corrupt, white sheriff is soon coming to this town. Gloom and doom, folks. It sells newspapers, but that's not actually what's coming. All right, back on the subject matter, we're going to talk about uh, how Amendment 10 was actually placed on the ballot uh, within the provisions of state law. There is a structure called the State and Local Government Structure and Operations. Now, that is actually Amendment 10, okay? So it has been placed now in the Constitution. It basically states what I had read, that you need those positions as constitutional officers. Now, the Florida Constitutional Revision Commission, CRC, they have been around... It is a very unique system in the United States. Other states don't have this, but Florida has a revision constitution system that meets once every 20 years. So we don't fall around with the Florida constitution. So once every 20 years, this very elite body made up of 33 commissioners, they look at any revisions that they can add or remove from the Constitution based on current times. That is the premise of the CRC. So now the CRC meets every 20 years. 30 of those appointments are appointed by the governor that's in office at the time. Now I know you're going to run out and you're going to say, ah, Rick Scott, this is, this is rigged. Well, when they wrote the, the rules here, Rick Scott wasn't even around. So it's whoever the sitting governor is. It could have swung left, right. It could have gone in any direction. But the way it's written is what happens. So the governor appoints the 30 people on this commission that's going to meet once every 20 years. During their terms, they appoint them. And the chief justice of the Florida Supreme Court they will pick three, and that gives us a total of 33 people to sit on this commission. The actual ballot provisions are not listed as different amendments. They're, they're entered in a total package system, So, which is a lot of complaints about that, too. It should be lime item amendments, so you agree or you don't agree. But uh, currently they just place it in an amendment system. So uh, that could be a little confusing too. Look look at our, our ballots in Florida with two pages. So that would have added to what, three? So look at the mess we have now. I mean, actually, I think if you go to four pages on a ballot... There'll be a civil war in Florida. That's how bad it is. So where do I find all this authority, jurisdiction, and power? Well, I find in the Florida Constitution, Section 3, Article 3. And there are Section 4 and Sections 1 and 6 of the Constitution as well. We'll post that on the show notes. Which, it's in the Florida Constitution, the CRC, 
the places in the form of an amendment, giving us Amendment Number Ten. Amendment Number Ten passed by sixty-three percent, sixty-three point fifteen to be ac- accurate, and as of last, as of the total. This is November 7th count. I may have to call Broward County to make sure it's correct. But it's 4,846,446 people voted thumbs up for Amendment 10. That gave Floridians a 63.15%. And all they needed was 60% of voters in Florida to approve the amendment inside the Florida Constitution. What in the hell does all this mean for Miami-Dade and the sheriff's program? Well, where we're going now, we're headed towards that the Miami-Dade commissioners have to now define what is the Miami-Dade sheriff's office. What will it look like? Surrender its power and turn in a whole lot of money to that constitutional officer that will be the sheriff. Now, the time frame was granted very graciously by Florida to the year 2024. So that means January of 2025, everybody should be sitting in a seat. And the sheriff of Miami-Dade County should be in place. They claimed the... Uh, structural support needed uh, for this was tremendous. To give you a little bit more background, Miami-Dade County did try and failed in, in a lawsuit to stop Provision 10, but it failed. The judge said, eh, this has been around forever and a day. It's in the Florida Constitution, and now you get you get up here. You don't like it because... You're mentioned in the amendment. But if you were not mentioned in the amendment, well, it's fine. You can do whatever you want. So you can't have a double standard in law, so eh, they lost. So now we look at what the sheriff's department's going to be in Miami-Dade. You have several entities. And if I look at Broward, which is very unique in itself, it's on a planet all by itself, you could look at, of course, the Miami-Dade Police Department, the Miami-Dade Corrections Department, the Miami-Dade Fire Department, and the Miami-Dade Animal Services. Those four entities could encompass what the sheriff's office would look like. But that would be very unlikely because what I just mentioned is over a billion dollars annually in the budget. That would result that Miami-Dade County itself would have the authority of parks and libraries. And you've got a whole lot of people, a bunch of people over there you got to justify. So I don't see that happening anytime soon. What you're going to about to see in Miami-Dade County is a fight for power. Power is money. Money is uh, translated into the budget. There's going to be a fierce fighting over what the Miami-Dade Sheriff's Office will look like. Now, we do know it will look like a police department. It has to function as 
the highest law enforcement agency in Miami-Dade County. So therefore, they have to have the authority of police. But it may not encompass jails. It may not take the fire department, which I would I like to just be on the record now as saying almost idiotic and preposterous that that's going to happen. But Broward County, I told you they were unique to this planet. They actually have in the sheriff's office, Sheriff Scott Israel, believe it or not, is also in charge of fire services for Broward County. Yep. Try, let that sink in for a little bit. And Animal Services is also, you know, the famous dog catcher, has always been and and abuse of animals is investigated by the police. So that's thrown in there as well. I don't see a lot of the rendering of power here very easily. I see a lot of competition. There is going to be tremendous savings to the citizens of Dade County because they are going to merge services like your personnel, your training, uh, your internal affairs. All that is going to be merged into one. The problem is what is the percentage of that one? I can't give you the answer to the equation without the equation. So a lot of politic and behind the scenes, they have a lot of time to politic behind the scenes, which is scary in itself. We are just entering 2019 right around the corner, and this nonsense will go on to the end of 2024. So try to put your head and wrap your head around that nonsense to be a fly on the wall as everybody tries to gain power. Lastly, in closing, I want to talk about this mindset out there of people saying, well, what what sucks about having an elected sheriff is that you're going to hire, or better term, you will elect a sheriff that is not a cop. Let me repeat that. The citizens are so stupid that they will elect a sheriff that's not a cop. That was a better translation, the second one. That's what they're trying to tell you. But the actuality is that the voters are not that dumb, not that stupid. And any candidate, kind of pay attention here, any candidate that puts his name or her name on the ballot for sheriff that has no idea how law enforcement works, not, not that you were a lawyer, I'm a lawyer. No, I didn't ask if you were a lawyer. Go sit over there in the jury box. If you don't know how law enforcement works, the behind the scenes, you have no place being there. And I know that voters are smart enough to see through that. So a police background is definitely there. It will erode these I've got 15 uh, titles and I'm a chief of police of a small little town of four people. Because now anybody can run for sheriff if they have law enforcement experience. 
But if I look at the norms and I study the the empirical study of Florida itself, they by and large overwhelmingly have only elected law enforcement officers to that position. They also have continuously placed their sheriff over and over again as sheriff. Case in point was that of that was the sheriff of Hillsborough County in Tampa, David G., which was there for many, many years, and uh, Rick Bradshaw of uh, Palm Beach County as well that has been there for many, many years, and the list goes on. So they will probably feel comfortable with that individual as their chief law enforcement officer, the citizens. They will continue voting for that person. It's not like regular elections where we turn the leaf every four years. Here, the sheriff, if as long as there's not a major scandal, they're doing the right thing, crime rate is going down, and they become very popular, they will be the face for years to come. Not forever. Not forever. No, that's that's socialism, folks. That That's the communist aspect of politics. But they will probably be there for a long time. So we're going into, in Miami-Dade, a little confusing time that's coming towards them. I encourage all that are a part of that system to pay attention to the Florida Sheriff's Association, to pay attention of how other counties in Florida are conducting that business. It is a sound business on sound principles. Can a scrupulous person become sheriff? Yes, a scrupulous person can even become president. But the voters have to ensure that they are wise enough to vote the right person in office. I think it's going to be better for the crime rate in Miami-Dade. I think it removes politics from law enforcement. That a lot of people will argue, well, there's no politics in law enforcement now. I don't want to say the BS word because it is a family show, but that's what that would be. BS. Because there are a lot of politics in appointed position. A lot of hackery in appointed positions. A lot of people inheriting positions that were left to them in will and last testaments. And they have no place themselves in law enforcement because a lot of them are bubbling idiots with two left feet. But they're there. The sheriff's office might be a little less obvious that they're there. They'll be there too. But now they're accountable to a constitutional officer. I'll close with this. The constitutional officer, in this case the sheriff of Miami-Dade, or the sheriff anywhere, those that work for the sheriff work at the pleasure of the sheriff. Let that sink in. Work at the pleasure of the sheriff. So that means you don't perform. You're gone. Unfortunately, these new changes will represent a lot of people that are underperformers for a long, long time to go. 
Raider Cop Nation will keep their eye on this subject. And, of course, we will have updates accordingly as we see on other podcasts about the Miami-Dade Sheriff issue. I want everybody to know, uh, keep me in prayer. I'm going through a difficult time with a parent, and which is sick, and, uh, you know, it's a difficult time. So I do this, and sometimes you're overwhelmed with things. But when you have the body of Christ in you, you can conquer all things through him that strengthens you, which we know that to be Jesus. What's up next? Episode 62, Speed Cam. And what we're going to be talking about is those cameras propped up. A lot of them are were originally propped up in uh, European countries. And basically what it is is uh, you speed over the speed limit and you get a, a Christmas gift in the mail and you pay it. Simple as that. Now, there is a lot of constitutionality to this, just like the other speed cameras or, or traffic cameras that if you made a right turn on red in Florida, uh, they was regarded as not being prudent because you turned too fast, you never did a full stop, and so forth. I, I remember there was a judge in Florida that he would refuse to even hear these cases. As they came to him, he just dismissed them all, saying that the Florida statute said that it had to be a prudent stop, and Florida doesn't define what prudent is. So therefore, he didn't even want to look at them. But now we have these speed cameras headed our way. They are not in Florida. They are in New Mexico. We reached out to a law enforcement agency in New Mexico and the Rio Rancho Police Department, which went ahead and ignored our, all our requests for an interview. It's To me, it's mind-boggling. But they did. They refused... Uh, basically to be interviewed with this, and we are going to post uh, some information on show notes. I guess either they're above uh, speaking to the general public, didn't regard coming on to the podcast as being talking to the general public, or have things that they don't want to discuss about speed cameras. But a lot of the speed cameras, the constitutionality to them, to this issue is how do you convict somebody beyond a reasonable doubt the actually the summons has to be administrative it can't be a traffic citation and uh, what does that do to a, a traffic citation by a police officer in other words they stopped you you know here if you snap a snapshot of my license plate how do I get it so all these things are coming soon to us. So we have Speed Cam, episode 62, November 21st. As always, folks, it's my honor and my pleasure to be your host on Radio Cop Nation. I wish everybody here always to be blessed beyond imagination in Christ that 
the they are blessed, their families are blessed, the agency, police agency that serves them are blessed, and that we always bless our great nation. With a light from above, from the mountains to the prairies, to the oceans, white with foam. God bless America, my home. Three, two, three. Four, three, two, three. Chest, uh, 1322. 